0: with a red mexican shirt beer with chamoy why is it so red because it's literally mm-hmm. just like a hot sauce yeah it looks like clamato sauce you're drinking um i just put it in everything so you're back a, off the wagon a little bit yeah i mean i'm i'm by myself in this home with this two cats for a month so for a month yeah you have time to yourself for a whole month yeah i know it's awful i hate it already wow how long have you been by yourself now a day and a half oh and uh i decided that i was gonna get weed because to help me sleep right and then yesterday at three in the morning i could not sleep and i was just stoned hearing alien noises around my house (laughs) so i was just up (laughs) at three in the morning like wait a second is that we have a lot of raccoons too and just like street cats that go across the roof so every time i would hear something through, i would be like oh shit is that a raccoon or is that a little gray alien? or is that a ufo is that one of tucker's transdimensional aliens that he talks yeah. about that's gonna it's eat gonna, it's gonna, souls it's gonna it's gonna make me really sad and wish i was going to heaven or some shit or is that just you know uh uh i, I, wanna, I was gonna say coke fiend but it's not coke so we have a thing called piedra. but oh crack rocks right a crack crackhead from the neighborhood that could be another option there so mm. i was double double checking myself At too uh, i grabbed like a weapon and everything and just started walking around my house just in case just in case something i don't like yeah, yeah you're in defense mode by
1: default now mm-hmm. that you know you don't have your fiance to protect you i understand <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now yeah, you can't push it. her in front of the burglar when he pops out of the closet now you're on your own
0: yeah,
1: yeah. i feel like
0: fastest if you're if you're living with
1: another person for a long period of time and then you go another stretch and not a day or two but like a lengthy period of time that first day you're like well now i'm free now i got all this time to i can do whatever i want i can eat salami at two in the morning and a whole pack of it and who's gonna stop me you know i can drink all night yeah. and then you wake up the next
0: morning you're like this fucking sucks i don't like
1: this yeah i want to go back you're to just school. sad
0: you're yeah. just like uh i mean i can fart at any time but do i really want to it's what i find mm-hmm. myself you can shit with the door open now nobody's yeah. stopping you yeah but is this something that i really want right does it really stink up the room
1: when I does shit this is with- really it does? make me happy my house <laughs> yeah. smelling like shit. uh i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I thought she
0: was stopping me from being happy, but she was just keeping me from stinking up the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess you're you're currently in that period now that you're on day two, and that's why you're having a big glass of red sugar beer.
0: Yeah, she's uh what 12 and a half hours ahead. So she was like, Oh, I'll I'll call you when it's 7 a.m. your time. And I was like, listen. You can try. You better not. <laughs> you better not fucking wake
1: me up at seven in the morning. You better call yeah. again at three a.m. Your time, whenever the hell that is. Uh yeah. Well, enjoy it. I don't know. You you might be a changed man at the end of the month.
0: I'm already yeah. not shaving my head, which is horrible right now. I hell yeah, definitely comes this back. Is, this yeah, back. This is our
1: return. This is the yeah. Mass State Lottery sequel in preparation. <laughs> it's convenient now since Hans will have hair.
0: Yeah, the HBO Max prequel series, uh, six, seven episodes because they didn't trust it enough. Uh, it's coming. I mean, just growing. You can see it here. Like, you can see a little bit. It's it's so bad. I don't even know how white it is either because it's been a while since I've just not shaved my head. So uh should be good a month in. I'm, I, I can already see the areas where my hair doesn't grow anymore and it's just... Uh-oh. You got new patches?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that ain't it's, good. It's, it's not good. <laughs> well, it's probably because you're wearing beanies and hats all the time. You gotta let your your head, your scalp breathe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've heard that throughout my 20s all the time, and that didn't really help. It's not like my head is gonna stop sweating if I don't wear a hat, you know? Yeah, maybe. i, I have don't too know. Much, you gotta get you too gotta much get some testosterone. Hair that's the thing. I'm I'm the opposite of these other podcasters that sell those testosterone pills. I have too much. Mm-hmm. So i, can't I go think ahead. you have to like My... you got to become a cutter to get rid of that extra testosterone you got to go
1: down the road not across the street bleed it out that's what the that's what the big influencers do to say stay soy enough to be popular
0: yeah
1: that's what and i think Dubs,
0: Dubs, what have found?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's exciting stuff that means we, we're going to do an episode of movies and be bang every day of this month for people on patreon.com slash Lores in the $5 tier.
0: No, we're not. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to be recording a lot more than we do uh, usually, which is a couple of times a week, um, just because I just have nothing else to do. So There
1: will be a whole catalog of episodes that just never see the light of day, like the Kenny substitute episodes of B-Bang. There's a library of those just sitting around, and I got them all. I was thinking about putting them because I, I you know, I haven't been racing to get back to the edit for the Monkey Jones episode of B Bang, because I know there's so much shit we're gonna have to cut out because it's just us watching Hoochie Daddies. And that's not never like B Bang's an audio show. Obviously, if you're a listener of this podcast, and I don't have to explain this to you, but I have to to Hans, because Hans surely doesn't tune in on the Patreon feed to the videos nope. or anything. Anyway. Too poor. Yeah, When we recorded You're with afraid. Monkey Jones for B Bang, and that's why this episode's coming out before that, we wound up getting into a hoochie daddy rabbit hole, watching clips and just kind of mesmerized by this new program. Didn't leave much room for commentary, and because the show is audio only, I try to cut those segments out or at least make them shorter, you know, because it's a lot more palatable when you do that as opposed to dead air. It's not, you know, if it was a video, that might be one thing. Then people are tuning in on YouTube and it's just playing in the background of their house or something. But if they're going on their commute, they're sitting on the train trying to block out all the loud noises, the schizophrenic homeless person at the end of the car talking about his penis a little too loud. Well, then you need constant chatter. You need conversation that's happening. So that'll come out very soon. I might even drop it like the same week as this episode, just so we're not too far behind. And uh, that'll be a treat. Monkey Jones making yeah. his guest premiere on B-Bang, not substitute co-host premiere.
0: I think that whole episode, it's a lot of just. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> can you? Are you? Oh Jesus! <laughs> just reacting to a wow. On How many times do we yeah. say yeah. "Wow" throughout the episode? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good measure to go by. We're um, still yeah. going to be doing an episode with him, right? About that. Oh hell yeah! I mean, that's that's the only thing that's going to make me watch. I can't. I tried. I know that you did watch at least a couple of episodes of that. No, I
1: didn't watch a couple. Of, I, I watched one episode and I fast one. forwarded from the beginning to the end, basically, just to see what is happening here. And it was literally so ill prepared. It was all these women just wandering around at an Airbnb. that was too small for that many people and trying to figure out where they were going to sleep. And then it ends with a choking punch fight. That it gets broken up quick and the woman is not disqualified. you yeah. know So
0: Yeah. It's just a lot of um, uh, oh right, uh, we like pussy, right? Girls, so oh, I oh look at me and is what I'm here for with that same delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just that that's every consistent. Uh yeah, it, it's one of those shows where I think if you're just drinking and hanging out with friends and watching it, it would be a lot of fun to watch, but I'll just be very depressed watching that on my own. I'd just be like, just looking at the cats, isn't it? Hey, isn't this Dyke funny? Isn't great. Dyke God no, great? At... I'm rooting for Dyke God. Yeah, that's what I would be like. Hey, I want her to win that Airbnb in Jamaica that they're offering, or no, they're not w- uh,
1: we don't know where they're putting them in Jamaica. I want to see. I don't want to spoil the show, but I would be very curious to sit down with the winner and ask a lot of questions about that Jamaica trip and the details of it.
0: Just see how lucrative
1: of an opportunity that really
0: was. It was just a Holiday Inn Express in Jamaica Mm -hmm. for a week. You just have to hang out there.
1: You know, Kenny has recently discovered the genre of found footage, and he thinks he's invented something new. He said, hey, I got this idea. We should do a movie. That takes place entirely through a ring doorbell, and I was like, "Have you been watching those creepy ring doorbell videos on YouTube?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah I have." Uh, yeah. And his idea yeah, was, "We Bob do that compilations." Mm-hmm. Those are those are always the best of the creepy pasta shit. It's yeah, always yeah, just yeah, some. Right. It's either a robbery, but like, I and mean, sometimes it gets kind of elaborate. Sometimes there'll be a sexy girl at the door screaming and banging on the door, like, "Help me! Help me!" He's, he's coming for me. My boyfriend is trying to kill me. And she'll be all revved up. And then she'll realize no one's coming to the door. And then she's just totally normal. And she'll stand by for a yeah. second. And then some guy will be like, what's going on? What are you doing? Yeah. Where going? So, and then she's like, no. And then they walk away.
0: At like 2 in the morning, it's just some guy in a wife beater and Adidas tracksuit and machete. or Or even like a non-threatening knife. And they're just hoping they they get you yeah <laughs> yeah i watch those compilations those bizarre compilations uh every month just to see the creepy you know oh uh can you believe that the chair in my room moved so my room is haunted and oh my child is so scared of this ghost it's uh it's it's actually become like a, a it, it was the thing that we would watch together and just like, oh, cool. Someone in some place of Asia is recording something creepy, some ghost. For, because for whatever reason, whenever it's Asia, I believe that it is actually happening 100%. Uh, but then they have a lot of those um, person that goes to the haunted place. And it's a lot of just, oh, my God, did you hear that thing that we added afterwards? Oh, oh, that moved. Let's, uh, let's do a, a slow motion rewind of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, something that shows up on camera. It's always
1: bullshit. Look. If you go to like, if, if you check out like South America TikTok videos of a haunted building, always yeah. fake. Not Actually, you know what? Not always fake. Always not haunted, but not always fake. The, the best videos of those is when they're checking out a haunted abandoned building. And then you see a squatter in there. You see a homeless guy curled up in a ball. Like and he won't even acknowledge whatever is being shouted to him. I, I saw some video of a guy being like, Yo, homie, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this guy ten dollars. And he goes back to the homeless guy in the room who's like, and it's clearly like this dude is mentally ill beyond repair. He's probably seeing all sorts of demons and, and just wants yeah. to die at this point. He's like, You want ten dollars? And the guy's not responding at all.
0: The concept, the concept of money is not a thing anymore. No, like
1: no, of course not. No, <laughs> he steals. He just takes. He goes somewhere. He takes. People are afraid of him. They don't harass him. They don't try and apprehend him for whatever he does. He's probably eating rocks most of the time. So it doesn't matter at that point. As long as uh, you know there's shelter and um, I guess that's
0: it, drugs, you're good to go. We should do that when we go back to Quincy, just go to abandoned areas that are full of homeless people now, I'm well, sure. Quincy's
1: be... too developed now. If we, So if we were to go back to Quincy compared to when we were shooting Mass State Lottery, yeah. it was still not what it is now. It was a little more developed and on the, uh, you know, it, it was getting a little more upscale. But now it's, it's actually basically Boston Jr. in terms of development. There are parts of Boston that have completely fallen apart and other parts that look fantastic and are better than ever, it seems like the the class divide is becoming much more prominent than what it used to be in Boston. But if we wanted some like good abandoned haunted places, we'd have to go out probably to Western Massachusetts, which is not where we were near during any filming of the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like asylums that are still up that are condemned. And just available if you want to climb a fence, you can get in there pretty easily. Or even, you know, in Brockton, there's a there's an, a, there's a school that was purchased for a million dollars a couple of years ago. And it's not been put to use. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I suspect... It's, uh, you know, like a meth lab or something. I think something bad is going on in there because if you go walk around at like 3 in the morning, you'll see people pop up in the windows and the lights will be on. Some stuff is happening in there, but it's not being occupied.
0: Yeah. I uh, I think I will be more afraid of homeless zombies than any type of ghost or any demonic operation because I know that the homeless problem is a bigger problem than... Oh look, how many people that needs to be exercised in the Massachusetts area, you know? So I, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound. I've always been into that type of stuff. Well, uh, I feel like kind of like Kenny when it comes to those type of movies because that's like the only first-person content that I kind of consume, not very regularly, but whenever it's like a, it's a horror movie and it's uh, shot as a point of view type of movie, as long as it's earlier than. I want to say 2016 uh because then it just became like a or maybe even a little before that we just became a thing where there's hundreds if not thousands of like the same uh the same shit, uh that uh was kind of ruined by the paranormal activity movies i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I don't i can't remember the last time i watched anything that was like first person like that that i enjoyed first person doom doom the
1: movie that was pretty ahead of the curve yeah carl urban the rock doom the movie i don't know i you know i i think that's the type of genre that do you think that'll get a second wind because we i mean a third wind i guess because blair witch then it dies for about what seven eight years paranormal activity was 2009 i want to say
0: 2011
1: was it that late okay maybe 2011 So about 10 years pass, and then the found footage genre comes back, and it takes a new form.
0: 2007, sorry.
1: Wow. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. It was made in 2007, I believe. It got privately screened to a couple of investors, and then they went back, and they shot a new ending for it, and it got widely released like a year or two later. Because I remember you could find, there was a website called vo.com, and they had Some found footage movies on there. Paranormal Activity was one of them. Wreck, I wound up watching Wreck for the first time through VO.com. But the Paranormal Activity film that was up on VO was the original cut. It wasn't the one that was released in theaters. So the ending was, I think it was the cops showing up to the house and killing uh, the boyfriend. They shoot the boyfriend and
0: kill him. Yeah, 2007 was the original run, and then 2009 was the wide release of. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So the, a little,
1: hell. a little under. Uh, if Blair Witch was Blair Witch was 99, so
0: 10 years. 10, 11 years, yeah. And then now, I, I don't know if people even go to the movies to watch that kind of movie anymore. You know, what was the last horror spectacle in the theater?
1: a rink. I think that's probably what the wave that's gonna take over is gonna be is analog horror.
0: Just not scary horror. Well, uh... I think people found
1: it scary before they realized, oh hey, nothing's really gonna happen here. But I, I like the payoff of a rink. I thought that was great. Just very simple, very low stakes. I I mean maybe that's the real the real lesson to be learned with that movie and with other movies is stop raising the stakes so high. Some of the best movies of the 70s, low stakes. Best movies of the 90s, low stakes. Like, for example, the 4K UHD train spotting criterion I picked up.
0: Yeah. Do you have thoughts about that?
1: I do. Is I posted my thoughts everywhere about this, but I thought it was going to look like shit. It didn't look like shit. It looked good. It looked pretty good. So, the green remaster trend that I do think they need to stop is not necessarily that present with this one. But Train Spotting always had like a flat kind of look and a warm tone overall. It's no longer flat. It's still somewhat warm, but I guess it's got more color diversity to it, which works and sometimes doesn't work. Sometimes it looks a little oversaturated, but uh, it it came out very well for this movie for an asian movie it probably looks like shit it probably looks like sewage
0: yeah so it's just not as bad as they we were expecting i guess mm-hmm. saw oh yeah yeah no i mean i think it
1: looks good i think it looks actually like really good it pops but it that's not always going to be the case guess there's like i looked into this a little bit and there's a remaster house out in the uk and that is where they outsource a lot of these criterion remasters They take it to one of two places, and Arrow Video, Criterion, whoever else, Shout Factory, which acquired Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. That's how you know they're hard up and about to be out of business, is they're getting the Winnie the Pooh public domain fucking horror film. They apparently outsource their remasters, the restorations, to a couple of different edit houses, color styling houses, and one comes back more green than the other. So... Things to look out for, I guess, if you're buying forty dollar Blu-rays.
0: Yeah, so Massate Lottery is not coming out on.
1: Uh... Well, I'm doing that myself. That's what a lot of people were like. What's happening? What's going on? Why haven't I heard anything? Why hasn't there been a trailer in over a year? Well, listen, it's because I'm I'm restoring it for 4K UHD HDR color grading. That's why. That's yeah. the big thing right now. Audio. I'm still uh fine tuning that with with Bill Jobs now. Bill Jobs has been in charge of the audio, and uh it's yeah, just the, been a the matter the of laser
0: The laser disc version has to be perfect. so once that's set up and properly handled, then maybe we will look into you know ways for you guys to watch it. If it's not on a laser display which is the only option that's available we're all know. yes exclusively on laser disc
1: <laughs> that would be such a move that would be such a move to see if i just put out a blank laser disc and said yes the movie is done it's out it's ready and then i that's the way i put it just to shut people up just to stop the inquiries oh. that could be very must
0: uh, my say, my say lottery to be released on psb umd video and only that <laughs> Do you remember the little... I do remember that it was kind of like a cartridge, but not really. It was like a little triangular thing. If I remember right, yeah. Old Boy was put out on that.
1: They put it. Yeah. They, I think they put out like three hundred titles, and Old Boy was one of them.
0: The remake, though, right? The
1: no, movie. no, no. That was too late. Old Boy, two thousand three. Bam! they he's going back to Asia to remake High and Low. Akira Kurosawa is high and low, Spike Lee. He, I guess he did not learn his lesson before. But the fact that Denzel Washington is doing that movie, that's... I don't know if... I mean, maybe he's just hard up for projects lately, but what do we got we here? We should get... Hell yeah, feature film. <laughs> just so you don't get confused, it's not a video game. It's a feature film.
0: Yeah. Damn. That video. That would be the only option to see mass state lotteries either on your android phone phone or your sony PSP. uh yeah that's a move i remember uh going to gamestop and the cheapest PSP games or i guess discs that you could buy were always just oh dude where's my car or or (laughs) umd or yeah (laughs) you know comedies from around that time damn that movie was so big and then quickly
1: just Gone in the cultural memory. That was so huge for a good year and a half. Dude, where's my that's car?
0: One th- that's one that we should bring back. Just like some people try to bring back uh, Freddy Got Fingered for a while. That's oh, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: that was because so. Red Letter Media, at least for a period of time, shaped the film opinion influence of uh, the internet. And they really loved Tom Green. Tom Green was on Celebrity Big Brother at the time, so he was having like a resurgence. People went back to the Tom Green show and it's good you know but uh
0: funny yeah
1: he couldn't he couldn't sustain it he wanted to go off to the woods and do a weird quiet podcast and that's just who he is now he's not wacky he expended all that energy when he was like 25 being that character and now he wants to be a quiet old man
0: which fair enough i guess is that what he's doing that's so weird think about like his if you're an og fan of him And then now just slowly aging into his type of contact now, where it's just him and a dog in some place of Arizona.
1: Well, I mean, he had the opportunity to get that second wind around that time that people did a reassessment on him and were like, actually, you know, he was kind of a comedic genius and the jackass guys owe a lot to Tom Green. You know, Bam Margera, took a, a great deal of inspiration, whether he wants to admit it or not, from what Tom Green was doing with his parents. And that was on MTV, but Jackass premiered around the same time the Tom Green show went over to MTV and it kind of just killed the buzz because it, he, his show, his comedy, wasn't as extreme as what they were doing. And so he got wiped and he
0: couldn't really keep up a career in in Hollywood as an actor either. It was the what, Canadian version of Jackass, I guess, so it had to be a lot tamer and not as risky. Uh, well, he but, came uh, before.
1: He was the first. Yeah. It's it's like how MySpace was to Facebook. People don't really think about MySpace or Tom, but we have Facebook forever now. You always want to be that second wave if you want to be the lasting thing. So Tom Green was just the first incarnation of that.
0: But, uh, yeah, Viva La, B- La Bam is pretty much just a tom green show Fuck, like him fucking with his parents mm-hmm. like the whole statue of them fucking in like their front yard that's a very uh phil Mar- margera type of thing you know yeah who do you think is gonna die first between phil and bam well after what we <laughs> what we've seen from bam <laughs> recently yeah, uh, i think phil and he's i don't know he's daily steak i'm sure <laughs> which is what he looks like he will eat uh i'm sure it's doing a lot better than the bam who probably needs uh some type of pharmaceutical to function kind of function i guess
1: I, yeah, yeah it seems like it. i mean bam has allegedly i don't buy this for a second they keep saying bam's been clean for 60 days bam's been clean for 90 days he don't look it he don't act it i don't i don't know if i buy that
0: one bit so is that really that much too? Like when you've gone through the deep end as much as he has, like? Oh, he's I not mean, maybe it is. In a month. For three, if uh, a month for Bam, if he was
1: actually clean, that's an accomplishment. For three months, that's an accomplishment. Because look at that guy, look at what he turned himself into. And it was what like an overnight that you got,
0: thing. The cameo they got from him, what is it that, what is it, that it said? Uh...
1: Uh, he says this is for Lorez and hans and i told him that you were moving to california to be an actor and uh he said you have really gross skin and you look like a string bean
0: I mean, he laughed yeah yeah he like that really got him yeah he <laughs> like gift. he didn't read it before <laughs>
1: hitting record yeah so
0: yeah he was recording as he was reading and then just kind of chuckled yeah what a
1: gem i'm so glad we got
0: that so that was like what 10 bucks to get him oh man i don't know i don't know
1: when that that was before any of this took off so that was back in 2018
0: or 2019. so yes it was probably before they even knew how to set that stuff up so it was just very cheap yeah i don't even know if i use that website
1: i don't remember there were a few. There were a few around because I, I remember back in 2013 or 2012, they did have those websites, but they existed on like weird platforms. And I got some guy from the Ricky Gervais office to do a cameo in like a short film over uh, over Skype. And I recorded the video or something and I implemented it that way. And you could pay, you could pay to do that.
0: Well, the... Bama Jera is like 11 bucks right now. What? So, yeah. Really? Yep.
1: Should we just That's buy a theory. bunch? Should um, we get a bunch right now? That I didn't pay $11. I'll tell you that right now. 10 bucks. Sorry. Hold on. Let me just That's a steal. That, uh... that is great. That makes me think oh, we could shit. just hire him as an actor on something for a ridiculously low amount of money.
0: Was finally able to figure out how to change the. Oh uh, no 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 no! Hold on, this is r- to- that's
1: wrong. You can send him a text message for ten dollars.
0: Oh, I don't know how cameo works. Okay.
1: Is he taking video? You got to click. uh <gasps> Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks now. Okay. Twenty four hour delivery. Wow, he's really on it. On the ball. Can you bam. hear that? Nope. It's hear- on. It's muted. You get it. Okay. Click the. Click the volume. Well, I'm glad he's doing well. hundred bucks, I'm sure that's not going to heroin. What up? It's Bam Margera letting everybody know that the video is back on. So if you want any happy birthdays, happy anniversaries, or just to tell your hee-haw head of a boss that you quit, any kind of shit like that, go on the Cameo app. One, two, three, let's get it. Yeah,
0: man. No, he's Jamaican too. That's cool. You got a Jamaican ending, too. Yeah, I'll just send him the
1: same exact script I did in 2018 and see if it
0: rings a bell whatsoever. Oh, if man. just giggles again. On the, mm-hmm. You got bad skin, whatever line the yeah. it was. Yeah, it's very, very natural. But I, I think that was at his worst, right? Well, his recent worst when he was having the worst times, I think is when you got him early. Maybe uh yeah he was on the set of jackass five and he was uh he no, was I 20 bucks to chug a beer and then he just went keep going
1: jackass forever came out in what 2021 so i think they were shooting that during it had to be maybe they stopped i think it was in production in 2018 2019 and then they had to haul hold, hold it until after covid calmed down so it was probably twenty twenty one that they were shooting that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you got him at a I mean you mm-hmm. he...
1: So he was I think he was not that bad. I think he was pretty bad. But I don't think he it was, was definitely that, that
0: bad. Definitely not a hundred bucks though, right? Um it might have been more. Oh fuck, okay. I don't remember. All right. Well then I guess it was worth it laughing at Bam for I guess so. Time. I don't yeah, I I
1: think I think that's definitely worth it. Um yeah, I don't I, I don't now know uh
0: check in Tom Green's YouTube channel and he just looks tired and old. And uh that's probably what I'm gonna mean. He needs watching. a lot of vitamin B.
1: That's what he, that that's what his problem is ultimately. He needs a Red Bull. Look at that god. That <laughs> does sum up his personality now. It sucks. It sucks how fucking boring he's chosen to be. Cause he was he was fun ish. I mean for fun for celebrity big brother anyway. You think about who's in there, Lindsay Lohan's mom. Fucking! Of course, this guy's gonna win fan favorite, posting but. Audio again from the Tom Green podcast, all over the place, everywhere, everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Up, uh, up till now, in the last couple of years, actually, we've been just posting the podcast. Those eye bags are insane. On, uh, YouTube channel, insane. And I haven't really, really even been that much. Started starting it up again,
0: kind of slowly, ramping up slowly. Dog died. He's just by himself in one testicle in the middle of the mountains in Canada. Just... And oh, he's got a donkey now. Oh. Starlink ad. My
1: suspicion is he used his money wisely, but still made one terrible career decision after another for maintaining his profile. Like Tom Green should not be getting, especially after coming off of Celebrity Big Brother and having all this. New hype around him and people always talking about Freddie got fingered these days because of Red Letter Media. He should not be getting 18,000 views on his YouTube channel. 28,000 views. Like, that is, that's bad. Yeah. He should, he should go out to Wisconsin and do what Macaulay Culkin does and sit down and do a best of the world. Like, he, I mean, maybe he's happy living out in the woods in a cabin with the dog and doing ice fishing and stuff like clearly he doesn't want to be what he was in the late 90s and early aughts
0: but but didn't he do that though for a while when he went to new york and he was doing all this like um gas digital podcasts and like and mm-hmm. podcast and, you know, well that yeah
1: that all came after his run on big brother which i mean if you if you're hard up for money you you're probably doing a show like that and then you're gonna do all these these podcasts that you don't really fit into like your style of comedy and their style of comedy does not mesh and maybe you're not great on a microphone you might be just like a, a physical
0: comedy guy I don't know but it's just it's just uh, I guess it's kind of awkward to think about you know uh, uh, just like the sketches on his show and then this is She yeah. seems to like
1: it i mean it seems like a nice life but it's just not entertaining like i wouldn't go and watch this if i was a tom green fan
0: all right so we're taking charlie out
1: like this is this is a flattering
0: (laughs) angle of weird shaping tom green
1: yeah i don't think the hair and the beard is flattering for him either and it looks like he's got a A
0: constant case of roatia i'm gonna be honest with you like this is kind of what i want for my life <laughs> i wouldn't have a youtube channel but just like enough money where you can just do whatever the fuck and not
1: yeah i mean i think that's the thing I just is wouldn't... he's trying to make this very like comfortable successful existence into content and it's not i mean look his video has 862 comments here How many comments are going to be on the Patreon of this video? Maybe if if we're lucky, like four, you know? So, like, who am I to say what is good content and what isn't? But this is just not compelling stuff from my perspective, from this guy. But I have been watching, I've been watching a lot of videos lately of this dude who's been going down south and checking out all these, first impoverished and then just, like, very isolated areas. And he's a white guy in his 40s or 50s and he's bald and uh those videos have been very entertaining so i think it's if if maybe if it wasn't tom green it would be better but because it is yeah
0: where's your you're you're traveling with a dog there's no peanut butter tom really where's your peanut butter tom peanut
1: there's butter a fine Tom. fine
0: dog there there's no peanut butter come on tom what am I expecting from someone that made a movie so that he could have a joke about an elephant coming gallons on a person the whole movie just builds up to that moment where an elephant just comes on screen and and now he's just traveling around with a dog and no peanut butter what the fuck? right
1: (laughs) right that's right All right i think we've had enough of tom green's youtube channel yeah
0: it's uh it's a little weird it's it's good for him i guess because i do like i would like that life if i was a a a lonely 50 something 40 something year old with just a dog in the middle of canada like that's cool cool i just i just don't know if this is content that would
1: (sighs) it shouldn't be content it should be his personal time to relax and chill and then he should go make real shit He should go make some good shit. Yeah. Because he's capable. Just him like
0: texting Drew Barrymore, kind of like a picture of like a a corner of his penis, just being like, just kidding, Drew. (laughs) Right? Remember me? (laughs) Remember me?
1: It's just his number, which she deleted 10, 15 years ago. She doesn't even recognize the area code. It's got a fucking plus six or whatever Canada is
0: (laughs) at the the front. we are married. Here's, here's a pube happy monday you know to drew just that's that's what i would expect a 50 something year old tom green to be doing not you know oh my dog is wearing a life vest because uh we're on the pond behind my house and uh I'm kayaking great thanks tom Thanks a lot make me feel fucking old thank you tom i used to laugh at your shit <laughs> i used to laugh at you making fun of your old ass parents and now you're them god damn fuck well that's isn't that bucks.
1: everybody's fate bam became phil tom becomes his boring dad yeah that's all right <sighs> do you think we're ever going to get like a new since we were talking earlier about genres coming back do you think there's ever going to be That type of youthful, edgy thing that comes back around again. Because I feel like maybe we got a taste of that with, in a different form, with Odd Future in 2011 and 2012. But that was its own separate thing that did not mirror the MTV generation exactly.
0: But I feel like 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 the energy was similar. A a time, uh, a turned down version of what Jackass was—is what you got from that old feature, kind of where it's like, "Oh, we are—we're kind of adorable because we're harmless, but I'm just gonna say fucking faggot a lot, ah, right, like that."
1: Yeah, the, the, the Loiter Squad thing was a, a scripted sketch comedy show that Jeff Tremaine yeah. also produced. That it wasn't exactly one to one with that, but you still had these these kids who were like seventeen, fifteen, sixteen years old rapping and rapping in a different way than what people were used to during that time. It was very theatrical and kind of nightmarish. And they would talk about raping and murdering women, stalking women. They would do that sort of thing. And now it's just like, where, where, I mean, the culture didn't go in that direction. Tyler posed as gay or bisexual for fucking three or four years. So, Frank Ocean released what one album in like five years. One album and disappeared. He's been working on that for as
0: long as I've been working on Mass State Lottery. <laughs> yeah, uh, Frank Ocean's second album has been worked on for as long as Lottery. I think uh, we just don't have much of a culture right now for anyone to go counter. I feel like uh, the counter culture right now are those IRL streamers that are just fucking annoying to people and are just kind of baiting people into like beating them up so that they can have a uh you know a a trendy stream and that fucking sucks. Like that like an Arab guy myself. who
1: lives in Russia and locks his girlfriend out on the balcony until she freezes yeah. to death. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, the counterculture that,
0: that, now. You've seen that 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 chapter video recently me too. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I uh you know why I hate it because I feel like I would be one of those people that fall for the bait. And I would just fucking get arrested because I just beat someone up because they, I don't know, they call me gay or fat or something. I'm just like, well, what am I supposed to do here? Just beat your ass up. Uh, it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. I I find that whole IRL streaming thing kind of. It, it's like the worst type of content it, and i don't understand how there's thousands of people that just enjoy seeing like the most boring uninteresting personality less people just be annoying in person because it's not like they do anything interesting or fun or funny it's just, well, them just I, I, being I think it's just the,
1: the opportunity for any sort of parasocial relationship in your entertainment is going to get you money it's going to get you numbers people like that sort of thing i don't know why I mean, maybe I do know why. I don't know. I watch, I was, I was ground zero for watching Big Brother and shit and like the live feeds, but I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't communicate why that's interesting to me or but I, don't, I don't watch streamers though. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: let me think about that actually. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'm just not thinking about it. Very rarely I will watch a Nick Rochefort house uh, uh, stream. That's it. That's it. I what think.
0: That? What's that?
1: It's uh, it's Nick from Million Dollar Extreme going over house listings. And just telling people whether or not the house is good or worth the money or not. And it's pretty entertaining, but I haven't watched that in a while. I haven't watched that in a good long time. So, but that's like goal oriented. That's not. I mean, obviously the personality is what matters the most. But I do think you're right about something in that. There's no, and I had this argument with Jerry. I remember this was a day-long argument. He was like, there's no culture anymore. I was like, Jerry, you're wrong. There is, there is a culture. There's a dominating culture still. And I'm not sure what the conclusive answer is, but I think now more than ever, there's not a monoculture. Like uh, I was listening to Red Scare a couple of days ago, and they were talking about how Saturday Night Live only works in a monoculture because the references that people are getting hit across the board and we don't have that now due to the internet it is a bunch of fragmented cultures but there's things that do seem universal like the whole taylor swift uh kelsey thing you know in the super bowl that seems like all right if there is monoculture that is left that that is part of it those talking points everybody seems to be able to get that although you do have people that live in their own little world who watch nothing but these streamers and play video games or do whatever the hell they do all day
0: yeah it's uh it's it's weird how disposable everything is um I've been watching uh uploads of like three hour segments of Adult Swim or um just TB from around 2002 2006. uh and uh everything is it it doesn't feel like it's that long ago which is just really me dating myself It's fucking 20 years ago almost but uh i i don't know if it's that the, the culture was so defined at that time or maybe it was just that you didn't need constant content at all time just to consume shit so you being able to just disconnect and just watch whatever is playing on tv at this moment um with commercials and everything uh it it feels like i'm unplugging myself from what's going on right now so it's kind of like a suspended disbelief type of thing i i did it yesterday watched it was like uh home movies and uh what's the show with the blue people um and the dog and the roommates a lot of just like early 2000s like well, I live in a in a cheap apartment with roommates and the show is about me and my roommates, you know, that yep. it's just shit that you don't see. Uh, Mission Hill, I think it's called. Mission Hill. Um, 2001, 2002
1: adults swim like very early adults swim. I've seen that video before and now I feel okay. like a bad influence because what do I do? I do that exact I've been doing that for a fucking year almost now.
0: And it is like a good like wow, things were good, not that dude, long. Dude, like ago. I was I was watching the Super Bowl on my own yesterday. And I was like, yeah, this is like a worldwide event that everyone needs to be in. And, and within like five minutes, I was like, I don't give a fuck about any of these things. This kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And then the commercials were whatever. And I was just like, oh, cool. Like, I this is supposed to be like a cultural moment. That's how the internet kind of sells it to you. And then I was just like, i just rather listen to Brendan Small making awkward jokes during our whole movies it felt like such a completely different time as what we're living now and it wasn't really that long ago and it's just i think it's just that constant need for content just content connection with something that's something that's taking my attention away from the thing that's supposed to be entertaining me right now yeah i feel like it's how you can explain media consumption now because back in the day yeah it's on your tv and oh fuck should I play PlayStation one or should I watch this three hour adults room segment? There's one or the other, like it's not something that I can just watch on my phone while I'm doing other things. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird to, I mean, I guess it's not weird. A lot of people just go back to nostalgia and watching shit that they watched when they were younger, but uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm sounding old now, but it just feels like now shit is just kind of sucks. And, uh, you just kind of have to accept it or move on to whatever whatever next streaming app you have on your phone or computer or whatever, and hope that you can find something. Well, I think saying it sucks like is that... maybe oh, it's
1: it's like an easy way to dismiss what what is actually happening here. I think it's more that you're watching that upload and you're getting an experience. Yeah, you know, and I don't think a lot of the stuff that is out there today, maybe this is what you're comparing it with the the Super Bowl because that's supposed to be the big event of at least the week. That's supposed to be an experience. Watching that is an experience, but it wasn't an experience. Watching this three-hour upload full of commercials from the year 2002 broadcasted (laughs) at one in the morning, that was more of an experience psychologically, revisiting that, returning to that, and I completely agree. Although, I did watch the Super Bowl and I had more of a vested interest in the Super Bowl this year than I probably had and many other years, uh, just because it did feel like, oh, wow. It, okay, well, this is at least a thing that's being discussed. But did I have, uh, you know, I, I was kind of rooting against the the Chiefs, just because I feel yeah. like Taylor Swift uh, gets too much in life, you know? So I, w- I wanted to see them lose, but it didn't happen. It was an exciting conclusion over time. Uh, you know, people have been crying, oh, it's rigged, it's Joe, B- whatever. I don't who cares? It's, it's a football game. It's fine. But- Something I did want to talk about real quick. Do you are, are you familiar with Lindy Mann at all? I kind of want to get Lindy Mann on, maybe on this show, to talk. And I, don't, I think he talks out of his ass half the time. But half the time, I think he's spot on with whatever his analysis is. I can see you're typing on X to figure out who the hell yeah. this guy is. No? You're not familiar? No. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy who, uh, you know, I don't really know what the hell he does, but he has a lot of interesting ideas. One idea that he's put out there is this idea that we're caught in a stuck culture period. And at first I was like, I don't think that's the case. I don't really buy that. I think maybe it's just kind of uh, subtle, some of the characteristics of our time versus maybe 10, 15 years ago, because people don't dress like it's 2003 anymore. But his, his theory here is that the reason we haven't seen too much development in terms of fashion, style, character, or personality to the time period we're living in is because we're, we're caught in a stuck culture period. And that kind of made itself very apparent with this Super Bowl because they picked Usher for the halftime show. And who did mm-hmm. Usher bring out? He brought out Alicia Keys. He brought out, who's the other one? Ludacris or somebody ja, somebody like that. I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. It already felt very 2004 just by having Usher headline the Super Bowl halftime show, but now you've got this entire roundup. We, we don't have too much good or interesting stuff that is like ushering in new waves that makes this time feel very distinct from 2015 or 2016. You have to really check out the fine details of it to be able to parse how these two things are different from each other but uh, i i just want to get your take on that do you think that's a thing or do you not you think that's just bullshit, or what what are, what are your thoughts man
0: um it's difficult because i i feel like um when it comes to entertainment uh, tv used to be such a huge factor as to what's in and now feel like TV, it's such an afterthought where it's other things that decide, or, uh, I guess what, what are able to decide what, what the it thing is now. Mm-hmm. Um, cause what are you like, everything is on a streaming service now. So if you're, if you don't have this or this or this other one, you're not going to be able to watch whatever the big thing is. So even though i feel like um you know, obviously regular tv regular cable and all that shit is, is dying it's a lot more difficult to to point out what the culture is now just because everything feels so segregated from each other that is not as easy as you know uh watch mtv for half an hour from 10 p.m to 11 p.m and you'll find a lot of what they were doing or like what they were trying to do at the time or you know watch uh what cartoon network's doing or watch what whatever channel is doing because now everything is so separated and so spread apart that you don't really know what the next thing that the internet will pick up as the popular thing or the meme thing or the thing of the time so it's difficult to even set that up as opposed to, you know, whatever's playing on Friday or Thursday at eight PM will be the it thing. You know what I mean? Like everyone's mm-hmm. tuning in for the Seinfeld finale and everyone wants to see how this TV show ends. Would that even be a thing now <laughs> with how many options we have for streaming? Like I guess I it's guess much the is you can the closest you can get to that, what what would it be? Stranger Things, yeah. maybe. Yeah, like that's the exactly what I was thinking. But even then, like the last season, uh, I don't think anyone's watching at the same time, and that's that's the difference when it comes to releasing all the episodes at once and then let people catch up to having this weekly schedule of well everyone knows what's going on by Thursday and then they have to wait until next Thursday so that ends up becoming more of like the the way that the way people think are shaped when it comes to that big show at the time now it's just like oh yeah well I watched the eight episodes last night I didn't sleep at all but I'm here at the office at 9 a.m and I watch every episode so I know everything that happens uh it, it it It's too chattered. It's it's too spread open for you to be able to to call, you know, what would twenty what twenty twenties culture would even be? Or what are the icons slash uh figures from the twenty twenties so far that it's not just uh, you know, uh, a meme that was popular for a couple of weeks of the year or something like that? It's difficult to pin down. I think you
1: exactly uh, identified why this change has occurred is because of the internet. You don't have the television telling you what the hottest fashion yeah. or style is or what what is important this week in uh, art or entertainment. So, yeah, I, I guess it does make periods like, I think m- maybe 2010 to now especially blends together because people haven't changed – up a whole lot early odds does have a particular vibe to it i think the fashion is pretty different than what is popular today or a lot of the more adventurous choices at least with that but yeah no i i think um it's a problem i think it's a real problem for any sort of enjoyment gleaned from uh entertainment you know and uh I can see that the streaming services are trying to wind that back a little and they want to have more of the same influence that they had during the 20th century when it comes to releasing a television show or a movie. Because now streaming is mirroring how cable worked, where you would pay. Oh, you get to pay and they're going to bundle things together. I I read that there's going to be a sports package now that Warner Brothers and ESPN and Fox or somebody are going to put together and you can pay. $90 $90 which a month is, and get all the shit, uh, you know,
0: all the we, programs, which is something that we talked about on movies, a couple of, I think during COVID, mm-hmm. we're just like, we're just kind of waiting for that, for that, uh, you know, that cable like package of streaming services. And it's just happening now. just because, oh yeah, well I'm paying six bucks for net- I don't even remember how much. Yeah. Netflix and has, but-
1: Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services now have ads integrated into their releases so it's not different so we went through this entire growth period this whole change period just so we could watch them whenever we want you know just for instead of watching i have to schedule i have to pencil in oh i have to watch star trek at eight o'clock tonight and set yeah. my vcr if i don't make it home in time now it's just oh well it's available at eight o'clock and you can just watch that whenever but you're going to have to deal with the same things you dealt with before. And you're paying as much money to do that. And even for the channels that would have been free for you. Now you got to pay at least 10 bucks. Now you got to buy but this feel, package. That's going to be
0: $40. But I feel like the cultural impact of it though, it's completely diminished just because everything is just separating its their own niche. So if you're really into, uh, um, uh, sci-fi shit then the next star trek series is going to be incredible amazing for you a lot of new content things that you can talk about to other people that are into star trek but it's going to be very specific to a specific type of star trek nerd that this show appeals to it's not a classic series you know where if you're interested in a little bit of this type of stuff like we got to No, everything is very niche and very particular with the the focus to a specific group and a specific so like nothing and um this is the the first show I can think of right now but there's no shows like the Big Bang Theory right now that are and, and, and by that I don't mean it's anything to do with quality more to do with there's people waiting for the new episode because they either want to talk about it or they want to see what happens or, Mm -hmm. hey, tomorrow, that's Monday. Tomorrow, that's Tuesday in the office or whatever. I'll have something to talk about the other 20 people in my office that watch this thing as opposed to now where everything is very... Well, if you're into serial killers, you watch the Dahmer show, you know, or if you're into whatever, this other thing. So it's not as widespread as TV used to be some something like uh, that uh, Oz show that we talked about or roots right like that's Mm -hmm. not something that would be getting as much attention as as they did at the time just because of how splintered and separated and consumed with content content we are now where uh, spectacle episode it's not really a a thing there's no unifier yeah there's nothing that's going to be a magnet
1: that draws everybody the closest thing to that i guess is sports but that doesn't have any sort of uh lasting imprint it's just like oh that team was good that year
0: okay next next
1: season yeah Mm -hmm. and then we hit the refresh button yeah i mean for as much as i definitely ragged on the big bang theory when it was on it at least did something you know i had relatives that would be like oh do you watch sheldon he says Bazinga. Here's a big bang theory blanket. They just thought hey, I Hey, yeah, you
0: like the you like the flash, right? At some point. Hey, I, you liked Aquaman. You had an Aquaman action figure with your seven or something. And hey, Sheldon mentioned Aquaman. He was wearing an Aquaman shirt. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah mean, it, it doesn't exist it anymore. Sounds, it sounds horrible and it sounds lame or whatever, but that's not a thing anymore. Like who who do you have within your like older relatives that would even know anything that you enjoy anymore? And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just feel like as, as a culture and, and me being part of a, a country where your culture is o- always like five, six years, uh, later that we get it. But at the same time, because of the internet, I just, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why I'm watching this 2002, 2006, uh, segments of two or three hour segments just because they feel like something that someone worked at to put together for Mm -hmm. you uh and even the ads kind of work and it's kind of like okay cool so i have a two hour segment of uh this this looks like someone put effort into it now everything is just like oh well we're buying this and buying this and buying this and hey you're supposed to like this shit oh, we, we just spent a bunch of money on this advertisement for the show about the girl that plays chess. You know, this show is so popular on Netflix. Biggest show in the history of Netflix. It's a girl that plays chess. Isn't that wonderful, guys? You know what I mean? So, like, now you can say that any of those things are what's driving whatever culture it is. But is it really like... Is there even a culture anymore in the 2020s? Well, I was going to ask, see, and this is what I was
1: curious about. But you kind of answered the question before I even got to it. Do you think this is just a Western culture thing? I don't know if over in Japan, they're experiencing this in the same way, you know? I I mean, who's to say? Obviously, you're in close enough proximity to the United States where you're essentially shaped. You're going to go in step for the most part with whatever's happening here but a country that's so elite like uh russia or china are they experiencing
0: this in the same way that we are probably not is well, my guess let me tell you uh my girlfriend is in india right now and apparently tiktok is an app that's completely blocked that you cannot access in india and that's the thing that she looks at before going to sleep oh at no night. she's gonna wind yeah, up in an so, indian prison holy so, shit <laughs> so i don't know what she's doing uh but I think it's going to be, like, a good, I guess, a refreshing idea of what entertainment is like when you don't have access to that, that easy thing mm-hmm. that you have access to because you live on this side of the world. Yeah. Uh, because I, I do believe that TikTok is, like, a huge tool for, for like, um, uh, shaping for what evil. the... What the, for, yeah. for, what for, they, for bending <laughs> the minds. No, I,
1: I that was absolutely a refresher for me when I did go to Korea, even if I had problems with the Airbnb and some of the things going on there. It was the fact that it was a forced detox from the news, first of all, because yeah. we were obviously during the first Trump administration, which was a nonstop news cycle and just psychological abuse and harassment from the mass media on a minute by minute basis. So being able to be forced away from that and then you wake up early and you're just kind of experiencing new things. I mean, obviously travel will always give you that if you're traveling pretty far and you're in a new environment you're not used to. So that's always like a big plus, but even after getting settled, it was like, okay, things are, are different in at least some serious ways here and here and here. But it's hard to say, I think if, if, you know, even even if the people think about, oh, this is what 90s culture was like, this is what 80s because it's not the same as what we imagine that to be uh, living in the Western hemisphere. So I don't know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say if the, this is a Western problem or if this is a, a global problem, but if they have the internet and the same thing is applying from their perspective, then that is, you know, matter of fact,
0: the the answer that's the that's the problem here there's also the thing about how younger people consume content too right uh, because i see it with my stepkid, he's 11 and whenever he's not the, the one thing he's obsessed with right now is this anime one piece that has like a thousand or something episodes, oh yeah there's 40 right? year old
1: men obsessed with one piece yeah.
0: i'm pretty sure kenny could bond with him
1: over one piece because he's seen enough of it
0: yeah so he uh he watched all the ones that are available on Netflix, on Latin American Netflix, which I believe is like 800. We ended up getting him the Crunchyroll app because that has all of them. So he's just been watching like a thousand episodes on One Piece in like a month or something ridiculous like that. Uh, but, but also when he's not watching One Piece, he's just looking at uh, either TikToks or uh, shorts on Facebook and and. It's just such unlikable, unbearable content that I that I'm just like okay, I understand. I'm getting close to forty. It's not my thing. Like it's not something that's gonna attract me. I'm not gonna start. I don't know, knock capping or mitting or like you know using those terms or whatever, unless I'm being ironic. But the the way that young people consume uh content now it's so much different than we even did when we were kids because uh you know i didn't have an ipad i didn't have a phone to look at when i'm having breakfast and my mom is right behind me doesn't want me to i don't know be playing playstation or whatever so i have to read the cereal box so i have to read the whatever is available at the time and now it's like where, wherever you're at, wherever you're waiting for uh, a car or a bus or your flight or whatever, you have a screen that has some type of content that you can consume at any time. Uh, and that kind of dilutes from whatever the media culture could be at the time, I feel like, just because you can consume 30-second shit every 30 seconds. So then nothing... Uh, nothing matters (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to get at is just like the way that we and like young people consume stuff is just it doesn't matter it's just crap and uh well you know what the typical response to that would
1: be is like oh you're doing the old man thing of everything was so much better when I was younger which I think is a total no I I mean here's the thing here's the thing I think that type of response that you'll find with people who are like slightly younger, like probably closer to my age, I guess, that negates and completely ignores the fact that things do change with time and it's not always a consistent positive. It's very dismissive because it's, you know, there's this type of person on the internet, like the nothing ever happens person. That is a very prominent Type of individual you will find on social media is nothing ever happens and the thing about being the nothing ever happens person is more often than not you'll be right you'll be vindicated because Mm -hmm. a lot of life is just nothing ever happening until something happens and then something happens and then what you oh do you have to you know uh acknowledge the egg on your face because something happened no of course not you know being correct in instances of predicting the future like for example, when it came to the COVID vaccines or people talking about censorship or any of these things, you never ever get to enjoy the spoils of being right. You know, you never get that enjoyment of going, ha ha, I told you so. Because at that point then it's just kind of rendered pointless. It's just an irrelevant thing and it's part of life and it is what it is at the end of the day. So the realization that I came to kind of recently, but in different terms, is something that I already knew before, because you you watch a show like Joe Rogan or somebody along those lines, and a lot of the conversation for a period of time, for years, in fact, was, wow, can you believe they're doing this? Can you believe they're shutting this down? They're censoring that? They took Roseanne off the air? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And it's just this passive observation of things declining and not having any wherewithal to create a a a recourse or or some sort of uh path forward it's just watching the thing play out because you're in awe because you're still grappling with the idea that this is what's happening and the move is always you have to build whatever that is that you want you know a family even like you have to take you, you have to take the mental steps to prepare yourself to build a family, entertainment, culture, anything. You have to take the initiative to try and build that. It's not something that's just gonna unconsciously present itself one day. And maybe that's what we're seeing here is this sort of passive consumer culture where the people in charge for the most part have remained the same also for about 20 years and just uh, divorced themselves from whatever the prominent avenues were of 2005 2010 they've adapted to the new landscape not a whole lot has changed in terms of who is leading the way in in that regard at least with the same uh uh frequency as the 20th century where certain businesses certain heads of companies would go out of business fast and then something new would pop up take its place and invention and, and innovation was something that was still at the forefront, we've slowed down as far as that goes, your iPhone now is not gonna be that different than whatever the iPhone was 10 years ago, It might run a little faster, might ha- have some more space to it. But that's, that's about it. You know, Steve Jobs has been dead for who knows how long. Um, you nice. know, the the onus is on you to to prioritize and, and build the idea of those good times happening. So I think that's what ultimately people have to break away from, is
0: stop being passive, stop being the observer. I just spent $9 on buying Red Dead Redemption 4 from Red (laughs) Redemption 5. I'm going to be playing a lot of that as I'm alone with no woman. Uh... So no, this fuck is that you should you
1: should you should throw it right in the trash once the mailman hands it to you. Here's what you're gonna do. Oh, here's no. what you're gonna get I'm... into is yeah. pottery. you are gonna start mm. to build pots just like in the movie Ghost, and you're gonna make a big collection for when
0: she gets back, and you're gonna say
1: happy Valentine's Day.
0: Listen, so I don't know if I ever told you this when I was on my way back from the second time the second time we recorded my state lottery, uh I sat next to this older man who has uh i guess a showroom in marta's vineyard and he was traveling to costa rica to just spend his uh vacations or whatever and he told me about how yeah he's just a rich man that lives in marta's vineyard and all he does all day is just work on this what are they like fucking Uh, it's not even a pot it's just like a like a like a mug and he puts up his mugs on instagram he's like oh is, isn't that cool i'm 70. And i'm making him mugs in martha's vineyard Aren't that, isn't that great and it's just like i mean yes um just like the the tom green video that we watched i would love to have that life where i'm just you know living by a lake and i have a dog and uh, I mean, I would prefer to have a companion with me, not just me and a fucking lonely dog. And next, I mean, LA, maybe he does. He might have a That's wife something. somewhere in there. Tim Pool has a wife.
1: I, th- I think he's, it's his wife, maybe a girlfriend. She's he, just hidden. He just, you got to yeah. hide them well.
0: Well, I don't know how, uh, Tom, how well Tom, I mean, he's, he's great at hiding her because he just seems kind of lonely with his old neighbors and mm-hmm. him and a dog. And, uh, but, but I, I, I do kind of wish that I would have that life where I I'm comfortable enough uh uh monetary wise but so I don't have to work at something that I fucking hate for eight hours a day but at the same time yeah um I th- I think it's it's so difficult to just going back to like what culture is uh it's uh <laughs> it's it's rough and it, it might be that we're just aging out of it because it's difficult to to pinpoint and like figure out what culture is now in the 2020s but whatever it is that the 2020s culture is i feel like i've aged out to the point where i'm i'm watching 2002 2006 two or three hour uh cuts of well that that, that itself that might up. be a byproduct of aging
1: and you yeah approaching what some guess, would call middle age you know what but,
0: are you, you're like what like three four years younger than me right no i'm like nine five. years younger than you okay i'm hardly all right. 30 all right well f- fuck you were already doing this about a year ago i'm only so, 23 years
1: old <laughs> yeah
0: so you were doing what I'm coping with right now about a year ago. I uh... I
1: have had that thought, like <laughs> when you first got involved uh from in this sketch comedy, that at the time it was me, it was Jake, it was Speed, and it was this other guy named Kinson. We were doing stuff and then I was like, we gotta get Hans in here because Hans is so much funnier than ever everyone else. <laughs> um, and I and you you started doing hiding in my flat for the, it was actually before comfort systems right it was 2017 yeah. 2018 i did have the thought recently i was like damn hans was my age now when he first got involved in all this that's uh yeah. that's a little spooky that's a little scary
0: yeah rough
1: that's not that bad though that's like wow you can have a starting point that late in life man maybe the best is yet to come we'll find
0: out we'll see that's what my girl tells me every day before I record this. She can be like, this could be the one. This mm-hmm. episode. This is the one This is <laughs> this is, the, is one. the
1: one that gets a million downloads. Everybody knows that. That's how podcasts work. Although, yeah. you know, I've seen nothing but uh growth and good things happen from doing the show. And just... honestly, not <laughs> Yes, just yes, do that. Do that's how enough. we, yeah. Just, yeah. That's how we get picked up by HBO Max and get AAPI Month just, locked, secure.
0: Oh, more, more. Oh, we're watching movies this week. <laughs> yeah, we need, <laughs> we need more of that. Together. Yep, that's exactly right. Audience. That's yeah. what I'm hearing all the time. Is yes, we need. I'll more be hosting SNL in a year.
1: I mean, at this rate. God, man, I watched I watched five minutes, 10 minutes of SNL, and it was the p- most painful thing. I was clamoring for Alec Baldwin's Trump to pop up, but he's going to prison for the rest of his life because c- c- law and order in this country is just a fucking travesty.
0: Which episode was it? The one with Abo, or what's her name? Abo, a- 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 that's racist. <laughs> We've been over this name? before. Abo. You can't say Abo. Abo Ashumiwa, or whatever her name is. from. from that's my like, favorite Star Wars sandwich. character. Yeah, from that show, The Sandwich. The sandwich. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? It that was girl uh from the Sandwich. It was
1: uh it was a rerun. And they were playing oh. some Christmas sketch where they had a bunch of SNL alum, like females from 2010, 2012. It was hmm. what's Paul Thomas Anderson's wife, Maya Rudolph, yeah, Wiig. Uh, Kristen Oteri and yeah. yeah, no, Sherry O'Terry wishes <laughs> she was she was brought back. Man, uh, no, it, and it was like really unfunny in a way that I think only theater kids, but not even gay theater kids, which is like girls who did theater in high school would find funny. It It was bad. It was really bad. Like even even I said this on X, but even the overly, hey, we're sad liberals. We only got three more years of Trump to go. That whole period was better than what they're doing now. So them bringing in Shane Gillis to host, that's that's great. Somebody over here has a brain. Somebody's
0: thinking. Well, that Gillis and Keyes was, was funnier than anything they've done in I don't know how long. And it was just a sketch show with Shane Gillis friends,
1: is right? the so. the the go-to example of somebody whose life and career has been made as a direct result of being canceled. Just everything turned out so much better for him in every way. The only thing better than being some nobody on SNL right now, and can you pull up the cast real quick of SNL? There's one, uh, it's a white guy I have in my head who's just like the standard, very, like you don't want to wind up as this guy in any career path, especially entertainment, because he's like reliable. He would be a C-grade a a member of the roster in the nineties or something, but because they're so talentless these days and they don't care about what's funny. He's the, the, the bog standard go-to reliable guy for every single, especially like pre-shot sketch that they wind up doing. And he's dull. He doesn't bring anything to the table, but he's still better than most of them. And he does. I don't I don't think he's ever said anything funny ever when I've seen him. And he's probably been on the show for eight years or something like that. I gotta figure out what this guy's name is. He's he's completely forgettable. He's a lesser Beck Bennett. Let me see. I'll find him right now. Uh, Maybe it's Mikey Day. I think. I I guess I'm thinking of Mikey Day. But honestly, he is so interchangeable with all the other guys that they have in here. Like, how would you be able to? Who the hell is this twelve-year-old boy they put in the
0: cast? (laughs) It's Michael Lungfellow, you know the, Ooh, you know that guy. This guy's creepy. I don't like his face. Um, That's a bad yeah, vibe.
1: I don't. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, I think I, I I must be thinking of Mikey Day here. Ego, no what? Of course you got to get one African name in there. Is AD Bryant still doing the show? Terrible. Alex Moffat. He's also in my head anyway. The same thing as Mikey Day. They're the same guy. Just boring Colin
0: Jost light. He sucks see, too. Hold on. Let's see there. 14, oh, 17. Sorry. Michael, Michael J, J, J sucks. Just. Mikey Day Mikey is horrible. Looks way too old to be doing this still. Uh, that's the young kid. The young buck. Floyd Vinneman.
1: ID. Okay, these are just girls that somebody on staff wants to sleep with. He's fine. We've been over that before. James Austin Johnson is all right. Punky Johnson, I don't know anything about her. Ego, no, don't know her. This chick is annoying. Sarah Sherman. Keenan, <laughs> I forgot Keenan was on there, but I guess that's his trick. Bowen Yang is not that bad.
0: Molly Kearney, the other fat. Okay. The Tim Dillon woman character there's longfellow chloe trost i just i mean i i don't think you're i don't think you're ever supposed to know who they are before they're hired right like that's a that's a thing Mm -hmm.
1: but you ain't ever going to know who these people are (laughs) they're going to disappear someone will go on hulu and be in netflix shows and they'll just integrate into other boring things because none of these people were chosen because they were the funniest or the best performers Whoever whoever's in charge of that now, is well, not they're they're not bringing their best.
0: I think you can uh, point point a very like a very easy way of knowing how much Lauren trusts and cares about the current cast. Is I bet how you many of those movies are being produced with this mm, cast. Yeah, and, I think uh, the last
1: era that he was actually involved and cared was the Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, T- Tina Fey, that whole, yeah. that group of people was kind of like spiritually the last run. Maybe he liked Pete Davidson, you know? I think probably he probably stuck around uh, and poked his head in the writer's room because of Pete Davidson, but that was it.
0: Well, let me tell you. So uh, SNL feature films, or at least what it's considered. Considered. You got got uh, MacGruber. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Was probably the last one. There's a uh, Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain. That movie's from last year, starring uh, Martin he- Er John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. He said three. I-, I was actually looking them up the other day because my girlfriend showed me a sketch that they did on SNL. It seems like they're the new uh, um, digital short people that andy sandberg used to do Mm -hmm. uh so they are like the weirdo slash funny people from that cast so i would give that i might give that movie a chance it says it's produced by judd apatow which is not saying anything great recently but it's like they it's like a Small comedy troupe called Please Don't Destroy, which is those three guys. So I'll be more willing to give that a chance because it sounds very like mystery team type of thing. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking. It's not, it has a vibe of mystery team to it.
0: But uh it seems like the last time that Lauren trusted his SNL cast to produce anything film wise was McGruber. Besides this, Please Don't Destroy the Treasure Frog And McGruber is actually really funny, especially if you compare them to the ladies' man or superstar. Or even Night of the Rexbury or Blues Brother two, wow. Brothers 2000. That was that was a whole that.
1: era of SNL movies. That late nineties yeah. run. Damn, a lot of those Hold people on. got their their
0: movies. There's a couple here that I think most people forget about, which is Stuart Saves His Family, which is wow. that Al Franken character that I can't believe anyone ever wanted to make a movie out of that. They it's should have
1: done man. a Stuart yeah. and It's Pat crossover film. That <laughs> would have been yeah. That would have been the ticket. Then you well, get um, a big hit instead
0: of two flops. I'm sure they would have, it would have happened if it's Pat did anything, but that was how many years before Stuart, uh, I bet it's you, Pat... it
1: was like back to back, I bet you Wayne's World probably fell between them or right before, and then they were like, wow, we made a lot of money. Let's do this for all of our Hallmark characters, and that was a mistake.
0: Okay, so Blues Brothers was the first one. Yep. Uh, then Wayne's World, Coneheads. Wayne's World 2, which is a big success, and and then you got It's Pat Stewart saves his family, and then Blues Brothers 2000 with jo- starring John Belushi, playing his brother, but not as well. Mm-hmm. And then an, a Night at the Roxbury, which it was funny at the time. I don't know how well that would hold up. I think the like skit was funny. Yeah, the skit I don't know was about great. The movie yeah superstar which is that molly Shannon character that was the next movie they did with oh bruce mccullough from the from the uh, kids in the hall kids in the hall directed that that's cool uh ladies man was the one after and then mcgruber uh so yeah ladies man put an end to it for a while yeah it made it made 13 million from a 24 million budget that's not good that's really not good um All right.
1: I mean, we've talked about SNL enough. I think we can cap this episode here. SNL sucks. I'm going to tune in for Shane Gillis, though, when he pops on in two weeks. I'm going to be very curious to see what that looks like. I have a feeling that was Lauren's idea. I can't imagine anyone on that writer's staff or who's in charge would suggest putting Shane Gillis there. It feels like a very self-deprecating, you-got-us, Lauren Michaels, late 20th century sort of move.
0: Do you think they're gonna put him through it though? Do you think they're gonna have him make a lot of, well, I'm the butt of the joke, jokes. Oh no, I think, think I think they're the butt of the joke,
1: and they might go, you know, I've I've been here before, you know, they'll they'll, uh, they'll do that sort of thing, but the, uh,
0: the norm thing and mm-hmm. how they make no
1: mistake, and they, yeah. SNL lost out. Hugely and Shane Gillis that would have been terrible I think for his career in retrospect because they would have buried his ass he would have been doing these lame fucking uh toy company sketches that they're doing Pongo that was the worst thing I've ever seen anyway that's been the episode for this week I gotta get some food in me so uh (laughs) we got another show we gotta record Thursday that's movies though and we gotta figure out Wolfman do we have Wolfman tomorrow Fuck. We'll talk about it off mic. All right.
0: I need to watch like 10, <laughs> 10 blockbusters before tomorrow. <laughs> Shit. Okay.